0: Hi, we're here with Sarah Swafford. She was on the show last night and uh, speaking about emotional virtue or emotional chastity. How would you summarize the core of your message?
1: You know, Father, it's great. Um, in working with college women and high school women, I've really found that a lot of times there's things that come about in life that attack you without even knowing it. Um, and the whole idea of emotions, it's hard because you don't see them. Their you know, feelings, passions, emotions can overcome you very quickly. Um, and so trying to get them to realize that you know things are coming at them at all angles and to be able to look at their life and say, okay, this is what I want. You know, my role in my life is to run towards Christ um, and to grow in virtue. And I want to make sure that I eliminate the drama um, around me, especially for men and women in, in high school and college. So my the centerpiece of my talk is become the woman of your dreams and you'll attract the man of your dreams. Um, and for men, become the man of your dreams and you'll attract the woman of your dreams. Don't worry about, you know, full, like molding and forming a guy or girl to fit a perfect mold. Just run towards Christ, become strong in virtue and in who you are, and it'll happen naturally. And and glancing to the side and seeing who's running with you is better than being distracted and trying to go look for someone. Um, But God will gift you with that that person when the time's right.
0: I guess something that struck me about your message, something I hadn't thought of, I know on the show we talk a lot about chastity and pornography and those issues. But from a woman's perspective, they can use a guy emotionally, right? They can manipulate him to give them what they want Emotionally, can you talk about that?
1: Well, yeah, and a lot of times, um, Fulfilling insecurities. You know, for women, we have a lot of insecurities. Am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I um, smart enough, strong enough? You know, um, and we question ourselves. And a lot of times for women, um, we desire intimacy and love and attention. Um, And we know that emotionally, we can either manipulate, you know, to get that, or we can use our emotions to manipulate men. Um, And so just an awareness of that. When I speak, typically what happens is um, if I'm speaking to men or women, after my talk, they're just like, man, I never... You know, I I do this all the time, but you actually were able to put words to articulating that for me. Um, And I always liken it to, you know, men struggle with vision, with the, the eyes and lust, and pornography is their downfall. For women, we struggle with the, intim- you know, the intimacy, desiring to be close to someone, to be fulfilled by a man instead of you know, Jesus Christ. But sometimes movies or music or you know, the chick flicks or whatever, like, not bad. But again, if you let yourself just let all that in and that becomes your standard and mm-hmm. that the perfect guy in the movie is your standard, then all of a sudden you're using men to fulfill, to be that in your life. And um, it just adds a lot of baggage because when he walks away, a lot of you walk away with him.
0: Could you describe maybe kind of the media cultural scene out there that young women are dealing with? I mean, it's it's all been amped up. It's 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 more intensely done. There's a lot of different avenues. What's coming at the young women?
1: Well, it's funny. Kind of what you and I talked about yesterday was um, media. They're really good at what they do, and um, it's almost like, wow, you have such talents. But could you direct them in a way that's you know gonna help us out? You know, um, but a lot of times like in a a good guy movie you know typically there's cars blowing up a lot of action or like gladiator type things and then there's always like nudity um they know it sells and then with women there's typically it's like a two-hour emotional roller coaster and up and down and up and down and um you ever notice there's not a lot of commitment they usually don't get married you know things like that but a lot of women you know i always say they watch a movie and they're like oh it was so romantic and then you know the couple sleeps together and you're like oh but it was so romantic and it's like whoa like no that's that's not okay. And a lot of times women, I think, just become almost numb to it. And it's like, it's such the norm. So then when you get in a relationship, it's so easy to say, you rationalize things away. You know, emotionally, you're like, oh, well, but he's, you know, he fulfills me. Or, you know, couples are living together. Well, it's okay, because we're going to get married. You know, it's just, it's so, everyone's doing it. It's so easy to fall into that. And so a lot of times I just say, you know, don't worry about what the world, you know, the the competition, the women look at, you know, Airbrush models, supermodels, actresses, and they're just like, I can't live up to that. And it's almost depressing. And I just say, we can't make that our norm. Like, you know, we have to look at what we're supposed to be doing, which is growing in virtue. And when you're growing as a woman, men always say the most attractive things are holiness and confidence. So making a woman feminine, confident, virtuous, she's unstoppable, you know. And when she's not bogged down by the world, just telling her who she needs to be, but being authentically herself, um, you can't beat that. And guys are extremely attracted to that that right,
0: so right. what do you had so you tell the women not to be so you know the media is telling us the Hollywood's telling us to be concerned with the outward <coughs> perfection and you're telling them to work on an inner virtue and inner beauty what about some of the healing uh do you I know you've worked as like a dorm mom and things. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: What have you found that works to help them heal from some kind of woundedness they've had maybe in these areas? So
1: great. Um, a lot of times when I when women hear the words chastity or modesty or even virtue, they kind of just turn off because yeah. they're like I didn't start this whole thing right. I don't know if this is for me. I can't, you know, a lot of times what I found with women is um, they have gone to confession. They've, you know, with their past, but they can't forgive themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's really good because I just say like you are worth So much. And what you've done in the past, I would say, don't worry about what you did wrong. Think about what you want to do right. You know, think about who you want to be. And a lot of times, I always say, taking a positive outlook. Like, the past is the past. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to relive that. But more importantly, what do you want to do with your future? like yeah. who do you want to be you know the guys of the past you know we don't date we're not gonna you know we're past that mm-hmm. who do you look for who do you want to date you know who do you mm-hmm. want to be with and then becoming the person that that person desires mm-hmm. um the whole becoming who you're meant to be so the healing part confession and mentors um but number one accountability partners mm-hmm. um so if you struggle with something let your best friend in on it say you know i'm struggling with this um if you see me do this i'm giving you permission to call me out mm-hmm. and then wow the, the conversation that comes from that the healing that comes from that Um, but more than anything students like college students high school students they're just they're desiring more and they've kind of played the game of the world and they're like it's empty like I'm empty I want more and that's why like at Benedictine College you know where I work and where I'm at where I was formed you know I see students come in and they're just like hungry they're hungry for it and when they get a taste of it there's just no stopping them, you know? And that's what's so beautiful. They walk out, you know, they leave college, and they're just like, what I was given, I want to give back. Like, that's why my husband and I are there is, man, I want everyone to have this experience of healing and of commitment to Christ and interior life, how to pray. You know, I didn't know how to pray when I went to college, and, you know, I didn't know what virtue was. And it's been beautiful to grow and watch women and men grow. So.
0: What do you tell women about building like community? I mean, I know a lot of healing takes place, a lot of wounding takes place in community, a lot of (laughs) healing takes place in community. How does like a a young woman today, uh, do you give her some tips about building that?
1: That's a really good question. Um, A lot of times women are, they struggle with competing with one another. And one of the virtues I talk about a lot is trying really hard not to compare yourself. Um, But most of all, trying really hard not to be jealous of other women. Um, You know, especially good Catholic women will even say, you know, this girl has it all. Like, it's so easy for her. And I always tell the women, like, everyone has a cross and no one can carry each other's crosses, but also everyone has their own, like, baggage background. I don't, you know, I don't have to say it, but everyone's gone through things. Yeah. And even if your experiences are different, you can learn from each other. So I think in community, it's so beautiful because you might not even be looking for you know, knowledge that someone gives, but meeting other women that are like you, that are not like you, um, but when you find good friends that share your common telos, your Mm -hmm. path, your place, where you're trying to go, Mm -hmm. if you connect, you know, become really, I love Jason and Kristalina have a, a book that's called How to Find Your Soulmate Without Losing Your Soul. And one of the chapters is, find your bridesmaids before you pick your groom. And I was just like, I love it. Like it's so my talk in a nutshell. It's just like, find those women that are gonna stand up beside you and help you find the man that you wanna be with before picking the man and then introducing him to your friends and hoping that they get along. You know what I mean? Like um, That was one of the cool things about when we, a lot of our groups of friends, um, hanging out with guys and girls and having authentic guy-girl friendships, hands down, best place to start. Because you learn a lot about others and about yourself. Uh, You learn how to be in community. But a lot of times what happens is is those girl-guy friendships over time like trust builds and all of a sudden chemistry builds and all of a sudden you start seeing your friends kind of pair off and then get married and have these phenomenal relationships and like all my best friends are all over the country but when we get together it's like we're back in college again and when we call each other and hey I'm struggling with this as a married woman what are you struggling with with your kids you connect with them and they're lifelong friends so be vulnerable with your friends share you know what's going on in your life don't share it with a guy because I mean with women you can't he can't help you the way that your good girlfriends can, and right. the same way that with a guy, you know, when you have guy issues, going to other guys instead of going to women is just going to be a win because they know where you're at and they're probably struggling with some of the same things. Right. So building community, community with people you trust.
0: Right. So, and it was a the theme we talked about last time on the show: this natural progression of a relationship, and then we quoted from the Catechism about a modesty includes a modesty of feelings that yeah. there's a, an intimacy that's made for marriage that you don't. Start too early. Exactly. Yeah. What do you tell women about that modesty of feelings?
1: You know, it's great. Um, I always have to watch myself because girls will say that they're scared to talk about anything and with guys. I was like, no, 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 don't go that direction. You know, um, I always say you can talk more about what, than what your parents do for a living and where you're from. Um, but at the same time, you know, I always tell the girls like the natural progression of a relationship, you're building up to giving your entire body and your entire soul to your husband. But until you're at the altar, he's not really yours and you're not really his. Like things can happen, you know, like engagements can be called off. Right. And so whenever couples, you know. Either live together or just kind of play house is what I call it. you know play house when they start to do those kinds of things it takes away what's going to happen to marriage because again vows equals grace equals commitment you know one of the things my husband and I always say like I'm not going anywhere you're not going anywhere and we don't believe in divorce so we're going to have to work this out you know yeah. um, it's such a great way to like kind of smile and say we're in this together whereas when you're dating or you're courting or you're engaged there's not that level of I'm not leaving you. I mean, there is that level of that, and so I tell the girls, have fun with the process. You know, the process of being friends. You know, getting to know one another in a group, hanging out, having you know a dating relationship, having a courting relationship, an engagement, and then being married. Like I wouldn't trade any of those each of those times because there's things that I learned and blessings that I received in each time period. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you rush through it or you skip them, you're not only are you again, it's not a rules, rules, rules. It's there's happiness there. There's awesome fulfillment there. And then when you get married, it's just like this beautiful culmination of all of it, you know? And so when women buy into, and men buy into, gosh, it's not no, it's yes to this radical, awesome marriage that is gonna be off the charts because I'm taking my time, I'm growing in trust. He's deserving my trust and my, you know, he's earning it. I always say if a guy can deny himself for you, he can do anything for you right? right but watching him deny himself for you you know like a man that keeps a woman pure yeah. he's, he's interested right. in that like right. you got to catch keep moving towards you know where you need to go yeah. so well
0: we'll just close with one i know one aspect of your talks too is on time management uh, yeah. What are some of the basic principles you tell the young college person about? time oh, I love it.
1: Um, I love giving this talk. Uh, I give it to college students a lot because they struggle with it a lot. Um, transition from high school you have the 8 o'clock to 3 o'clock in sports and mom and dad are kinda like here's what's going on. College is very different. It's your own time, your own day. How how are you going to spend it? So I always talk a lot about, you know, especially with your faith life. A lot of, my favorite line is, um, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Um, And a lot of students struggle, you know, they don't struggle with some of the things that other people struggle with, but they're so distracted, they're so overwhelmed, they're so tired. They're not available for people or our Lord. Um, And so I always say, get your schedule together, get your life in order so that you have time to be with our Lord. I mean, obviously keep him first. I always say, don't put the Lord, you know, don't place him into your schedule, but Make the Lord the center of your schedule and build your life around that. And it sounds cheesy and hard, or like kind of, oh, okay, Sarah, sure, you know. Um, But whenever you start looking at it and you say, okay, I need 30 minutes of prayer time. I have, you know these classes, I have this study time. I have these, you know, places that I these are the commitments I have whether in leadership or fun hobbies. And when they look at their schedule from like a bird's eye view, I have them take the whole week and they put in they place everything that's in stone. And then they see where their open gaps are. So they say, "Okay, like where do I when do I pray best? When do I study best? When do I Okay, I need 7 hours of sleep. I'm going to have a bedtime." You know, I always say, "Don't shoot the messenger." Like I I'm going to, you know, you need to decide what time you need to be heading to bed. Right. And I always say, if you're up past one o'clock, you need to have a really good excuse because most people are getting up around seven or eight. And so I really teach them, you know, college is a time to prepare for your vocation. Big V, little B. Big, big V, you know, marriage, religious life. Little V, am I gonna be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher? And I always tell them, okay, most doctors and lawyers don't go to bed at three, get up at 11, and take a two hour nap. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So I try to tell them that, okay, if, this is, if your life is gonna be eight to five, maybe you should start practicing Eight to five in college. So I tell them, you know, get your little Vera Bradley bag and you know, guys, get dressed for the day Mm -hmm. and go eight to five. Go to class, study, go to lunch, make your commitments, so then in the evenings it's kinda your own time. And you can be involved in a lot of different things, you know? So when I when they leave, they walk away and they're just like, oh my gosh, this is the answer to so many prayers. Because if you can have a hold of your schedule, you get time. I always say, control your time so time doesn't control you. You're the master of your time. You know what I mean? So
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show.
1: Um, Thank you for having me. I had a blast. So thank you.